Oh, control your mind, control your life. Think different theory, baby. That's what we do. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and today, guys, I am doing my first ever, I think it's my first ever, book review. I've interviewed authors about their books before. I don't really call that a book review. Uh, this is an actual book review about the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I think it's Eckhart Tolle. I'm going to call it Eckhart Tolle. If it's Eckhart Tolle, I apologize, but Eckhart Tolle, okay? Uh, the book is called The Power of Now. It's actually a very controversial book, and actually, it's interesting what inspired this book review, this episode, is because I actually posted about it on both Facebook and Instagram, and the amount of feedback that I got back about this book um, from both Christians and non-Christians and business minds alike, uh, a lot of opinions about it for those people that have read it, um, because it's called The Power of Now. It is um, a guide to spiritual enlightenment. Now, uh, for those of you that know or that know me at all, you know that I am a Christian. I, I believe in the Bible. I believe in uh, in the God of the Bible. And I, I've had my wrestles with the Bible. I've wrestled with the Bible. I have wrestled with my faith a lot. And I've been pretty open and vocal about that. But I, I still do believe in the God of the Bible. I, I still do believe in the Bible. I fundamentally believe that we are, uh, that the, the human race is fallen. We are a flawed uh, um, society, a flawed race. Um, we are not born good, but we are born fallen and in need of a savior that Jesus came down on the, uh, came down, uh, died on the cross to save us for our sins, like all of that, right? And so I, 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 I lean very much that way. However, I explore a lot of different religious ideas, whether it would be uh, Buddhism or Hinduism or, you know, Catholicism or, you know, Mormonism or, you know, whatever, right? Atheism even. Um, and so this is, you know, uh, we're living in a, a time where a lot of new age thinking is around. Um, and this book is very much into that more new age uh, thinking. In fact, uh, Eckhart Tolle he also wrote the book, which I have not read yet, but it's up on my bookshelf called A New Earth. And so um, as I as I posted this book and as I started, you know, talking to people about it, a lot of people were like, well, Josh, like that's not a, you know, a Christian book or that's, that's a book that, you know, is, is quite controversial. And so we're going to dive into that. Um, I had a lot of people ask for this episode. Uh, a lot of people both on Facebook, but even more people on Instagram. I did a poll and like 90% of the people that voted said they wanted a podcast review on it. I had many, many DMs about it. And so, like I said, first ever uh, uh, book review podcast. If you guys uh, like this, if, if, if you like the breakdown of the book reviews and how I do them, leave a comment down below. Let me know if you want more of them. By the, if, by the time we're done with this, if you're listening on audio, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Let me know if you liked it or not. But we're gonna dive into this because this book, ladies and gentlemen, this book has changed my perspective on life and on who we are and how we operate. Now, I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm saying as we go through this because there's a fundamental difference about me saying that I believe everything in this book and just that it changed my perspective because I don't believe about everything in this book and I don't agree with everything in this book. In fact, I fundamentally disagree with some of the things that he ties some things to, but we're gonna get into that. We're gonna break it all down and I'm very, very excited about this. Now, really quickly before I dive in, I do wanna let you guys know we got some cool stuff coming up and so I'm just I'm just kind of hinting it out there. I'm just teasing you about it. In February, Something something's gonna change, and I can't exactly tell you what it is yet. And then March, uh, something else is gonna change. So I'm I'm really really excited. But just know, uh, back when we started season two of Think Different Theory, the purpose I'm sorry, season three of Think Different Theory, the purpose of of starting uh, season three of Think Different Theory was to to really go and start documenting things, start creating curriculum, uh, start interviewing successful people, um, both 
behind or both on the podcast and also behind the scenes, start developing curriculum from how we think and how we build businesses and how we become successful. And so we kind of have the next evolution or update on that coming out. Um, and so I'm, I'm just kind of giving you a hint about that, but big stuff is coming. Okay, let's get into this book. Okay, let me start by saying this. I would not recommend someone that is, um, how do I say this? This book is not for beginners, okay? This book is, um, it's very deep. And it, in fact, it's funny, I, I, before I did this podcast, I went on, uh, I think it was goodreads.com. I think it was Goodreads. Uh, let, me, let me see here, where, where did I go? Uh, I just, you know, like Googled like the power of now reviews, right? Yeah, it was Goodreads. And like, it's so funny because it's either like one stars or five stars, right? It's like you either love this book or you hate this book, right? The one stars are, there is no way to say this nice. I hate this book with a, fear, uh, 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 a fiery passion. It did not make me feel at peace, but rather made me wanted to chew my arm off, right? Somebody else is like, um, uh, it would be easy to dismiss this book as the fruit salad of new age, um, mashed into a fine puree of nonsense, right? Um, but then on the other side, this is, uh, there's a point in our lives when we say enough is enough. This book is about that. Um, about the second reading of this book, I realized that any form of negativity actually reflects resistance, like a lot of positive reviews, right? So it's, it's very, like, I, I imagine that most people that read this book that don't like it are just not at a point in their journey of understanding uh, how like we as humans operate that someone that does like this book does. Now, that's not to say that you're better or that you're worse. I'm just saying like, we're all on a different journey and all on a different path. I'm discovering this at age 26, almost age 27. Other people might discover this at 40. Somebody else might discover it at 13. That doesn't make it better or worse. It just is. But you really have to be in the right state of mind to accept this book because like right out of the gate, you're like, Mine, whoa, hold on. Like he's introducing topics that are, uh, are very, um, very deep, okay? So this book is, um, this book is, is not something that I would say like is a light read that you should just, you know, are, you're gonna read really quickly and, and, you know, be profoundly blown away. Like you've gotta be ready to kind of go through something uh, like this. Now, before we dive into the actual context of the book, um, I think it's important to, to mention that, I don't look to books like this, for example, um, for truth. I believe that truth, that, that, that the closest thing to truth and that truth here on earth is in the Bible. I believe that. And I believe that truth is, uh, and the way I choose to live my life, I have to base everything in the Bible, right? Or on the Bible. I have, and this is not the time and the place to go into this. I have my reservations about the Bible. And I have openly talked about how I think that a lot of the um, interpretations of the Bible are wrong because of how many times it's been translated over and over and over again. And that while I do believe that the Bible when it was written was um, flawless and, and, and was direct truth from the word of God, that uh, in modern day age, I think a lot of things are misinterpreted. That doesn't mean I don't believe the Bible is all the way true, but I, I look to the Bible as my source of truth and I base everything in, in that. And I kind of come at that from a way, uh, my life in a way from that. And so I am not at a place in life right now where I am searching for some deeper, like, like, oh my gosh, like I'm completely lost in searching and I'm trying to find God. I believe I have a pretty solid relationship with God and I'm, I, I go into and read books like this to better understand the 
uh, practical application of how we work, how our minds work, the power of being and presence and energies. And, and I, uh, because what I believe is I believe that, and how do I say this? I almost believe that people sometimes take the Bible too literally. And what I mean by that is like, I think that people, a lot of Christians sometimes are like, well, science can't explain that. It's just God. And I'm like, well, science is basically God's creation. And so I think that we can look to the things around us. We can look to whether it's the heavens or whether it's whatever, um, you know, the science or things to help us better understand how we work and the world around us. And some things um, do not make sense and they never will. Yet stories and especially someone like me, like my gift in life is the gift of communication. I'm very good with words. Um, and that's just, that's my special talent. I'm, I'm not horribly athletic, right? I, I'm not, you know, horribly like, um, you know, like I, I'm terrible at design. Like there's a lot of things, that, but my gift is words. And so the, the ability to communicate with someone or explain things in a way that people understand, that's what I'm very good at. And so books like this allow uh, things that may be complex or things that we don't understand to be able to be explained in a different perspective than maybe we would have heard it elsewhere. And so when I looked to this book, this book came highly recommended from my coach, Katie Richardson, who is one of the, just the most phenomenal human beings I've ever met in my whole life. She's just absolutely incredible. Um, I've been, she, that's my $60,000 mindset coach, right? Uh, per year, right? I've, I've been with her. Uh, I'm on month 13 uh, right now. So I started with her in January of 2020. We're now in January of 2021 and just phenomenal. I mean, she's absolutely amazing. And she talks a lot about the power of presence, the power of being, the power of agency, the power of choice, right? And how there's a lot of power in being. And um, when I started working with her, I was a very logical person. I am. I'm a very logic-driven person. Katie, on the other hand, she lead, She doesn't lead with logic so much as she leads with in her intuition and, and emotion and knowing. And but she's still very. It's still very based in like logic, right? And so um, as I've gone and and worked with her for the past twelve months, uh, she's talked a lot about presence and being. And I had a hard time understanding some of the things that she was trying to communicate to me until I read this book. And then so many things made sense because, uh, because this talks about the power of presence and the power of being. And so that's why I say like, keep in mind, like I read this book after working with somebody for 12 months that I paid $5,000 a month to every month just to work on my mind. Okay. And so uh, we're to break this down, but I, I look to this book and other books like this, not to say what is ultimate truth, but rather how can I better understand the world around me? How can I better understand how I'm created and built? How can I better understand my power and what I've been designed to do? And I think books like this book and others give us more context around how we work as humans, if that makes sense. Um, so hopefully that provides a little bit more context around this book. Um, I One more thing I think that's important to say here, it may or may not be relevant, but I, I'm gonna say it. I also do not believe that there is a lot of absolutes in this world. I believe that especially in, in the church setting that I grew up in, that we, um, and this is not so much from my parents, but rather just from the church setting that I grew up in, that there was a lot of rules and that there was a lot of absolutes. There's always a right or a wrong way to do something. I don't believe that. Um, I believe that there is absolute truth in the world. And I believe that there are, there is such a thing as an absolute, but I believe it is very, very, very few things. Like I believe that God exists. I believe that is absolute and I believe there's absolute right and wrong. 
how that is determined and in to what spectrum I think is very, very, very up for debate and very, very small when it comes to living in our daily life, but rather we have a choice whether to accept or reject things, right? But I do absolutely believe in absolute moral, like moral, the moral law of good and evil. And I believe that that is determined by God, but everything else I think is, is pretty relative, especially when you start studying things like quantum physics and, and things of that nature. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go into the detail of that because the purpose of it is to kind of dive into this book. Okay. So let's dive in. That's the context around this. So come at this with the understanding of, I'm not saying everybody should go read this book. In fact, most people that are listening right now, if they went and read, the, read this book, there'd be a lot of resistance to what is in this book. I had a lot of resistance to the book as well, but because it, I fundamentally do disagree with some of the things in here. Okay, so let's dive in. So the context of this book, kind of the premise of what he is trying to communicate, and this is in my words, is he is trying to, well, as you might've guessed, communicate to us the power of living in the present moment, being present right now, okay? Not living in the future, not dwelling in the past, because as he explains in the book, if you are living in, or dwelling in, uh, in the past or living in the future, you are uh, creating stress. You are creating scenarios, excuse me, um, that are not actually real and don't exist. And you are basically projecting things into your life currently now and taking away all of your power because you have power. Like the, uh, Basically, in the book, he basically explains that the only, the only time that is real is right now. Like everything that has ever happened in the history of mankind has happened in the present moment. And what he means by that and what he explains is like, it's yes, it might have happened 30 years ago or 3,000 years ago, but when it happened, it didn't happen in the past and it didn't happen in the future. When it was happening, it was happening in the present moment for those people. And so that the only time that really exists in our lifetime is in the present moment, right now. One second ago, it, that's the past. But when one second ago happened, it happened in the future. So right now is happening. 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 Five seconds, right? Boom, boom, boom. But each one of those seconds happened at the present moment. And so the, basically the premise of the book, and I'm way, way, way simplifying down uh, this book. I mean, it's very, very deep. But he says that all, when you understand that everything happens in the present moment, then you choose, and you choose to live in the present moment, that's where you have power. And that's where you have choice. And that's where you have the ability to make change. And that's where you have the ability to really go and, and, and change your life, right? And we do that and we live in the now, we live in the present moment by being present and being. Now there's really two parts to this, right? The first part is understanding of like what he's saying. But the second part, and he actually leads with this second part here, is understanding who we are in the sense of that like, like we just are. And by choosing to be, how do I explain this? Let me back up, okay? I'm gonna tell you a story, because it's important. Two, almost three years ago now, two years, nine months, two years, 10 months, I was at one of the lowest points in my life up until that moment. I had gone from making the most money I'd ever made in my life. I was making, you know, 30, 40, 50, sometimes even like $60,000 a month. 
And I was horribly, miserably depressed. I was overworked. I had no social life. I had no, like I, I wasn't in a relationship. All I did was work 24 hours a day. Like from the moment I woke up, it was literally, I kept my phone by me when I was you know, sleeping and I would roll over and start working when I woke up and I would roll, I like to the time I went to sleep, that's all it was. And so I had gone from that to where I canceled all my clients. I refunded tens of thousands of dollars. I cried myself to sleep and I was like in bed for like a week. And that was kind of this thing that led me on this path to mindset. And I've told this story many, many times. And so from there, I spent the next seven, eight months just studying everything that I could do about mindset. I, I basically shut down my business. I lived off of savings and I, and I read, you know, Joe Dispenza and Tony Robbins and everything that I could possibly think of conferences and courses about studying how the mind works. Psycho-cybernetics, one of my top, top, you know, or it, it is probably my number one favorite book of all time that's non-religious, right? From a mindset perspective, like psycho-cybernetics is just amazing. So for the last two and a half to three, almost three years now, I have essentially convinced myself and made myself believe that I am my mind. You probably heard the, the, the saying that um, uh, I think, therefore I am, right? Whatever our thoughts are, those are the things that define, like those are the things that make us who we are. And so if we can control our mind, if we can go through, like if we become the master of our mind, we master our life because we are our minds. That is what I had convinced myself of without even realizing that I had convinced myself of that. I had just said it so many times. I just assumed that that was right because of all of everything that I had read, everything that I had studied told me that, that we are, that, that, um, if I just mastered my mind, that was going to be hold the answers to all the keys in life. Right. And so I studied mindset like, like crazy. And that's what, that's what started this podcast, the think different theory. And if you think you must use your mind, right? So my whole life and even working with Katie, it was, I am my mind. I am my mind. I am my mind. The very first chapter of this book, I open up first chapter, chapter one. You are not your mind. Boo, right? Like totally, like right out of the gates, totally shatters my worldview. Now, when I read this book, I, whenever I have a book, and I actually told my, <laughs> Katie this today, I was having a coaching call with her. Uh, I, I said, Katie, when I read a book that comes highly recommended from somebody that, that I respect, AKA Katie, I try to go into this with the understanding and or with a very open mind and go, okay, I am going to try to accept what they're saying to me as true fully. Doesn't mean I have to fully believe it or like, like live it out. But when I'm reading this book, I really want to try to just accept what they're saying at face value, understanding that they're probably going to bring the whole picture together. So when I first read this, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like the first, where, where are we at here? It's like the first chapter. Um, he tells the story. And he goes through and like it's in the first like couple pages, he explains how we are not our minds. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Huh? Ooh, ooh, process, process, process. Really difficult for me. My whole life I've been like, we are our minds. Basically what he explains is that there is us. And the way I like to think about this, there's not really one way that he explains it, but like think of like a blob of like, a blob of like, I don't know, radiating mush. <laughs> like that's us. And then our mind is a tool. So like we are, uh, there, there's another level below our minds is us, right? And then there, there, that, that uh, state of us is called being. When we have turned off everything else, including our mind, that is the power of just being. 
Like that, or that, not the power of, that is what we refer to as being, just be. So if you were to say, hey, just be present, be, that is what he's referring to. And then we have our mind, which is a tool. And our mind is controlled by us, us being, and, our, and we have control over our mind as a tool. So we can use it. And we have the ability to turn off our mind. And just because we've turned off our mind, which sounds crazy, especially to someone like me, when my whole life was my mind, sometimes that's a good thing. And a lot of times we need to shut off our mind because our mind is the th where judgment is made. Our mind is where decisions are made. Our mind is where we determine, try to determine you know, things. And so like while our mind is a very, very, very valuable and important tool, we are not our mind. We are separate from that. And we see the world through the lens of our mind. So we make all of our decisions, we make our judgments, we see colors, we make, like we interpret information, we grow, we make all, everything that we do in life, we use our mind to do those things. However, we are not that, we are separate from that and we can access, we, we have the ability to turn that off and just be. But most people are addicted to using their mind. One million percent that was me and is me. I love using my mind. It's like this superpower tool that I just get to go have fun with. Like, um, you know, um, you ever watched the movie Frozen, right? And El Elsa has super, I mean, she can just like spew ice. It's freaking lit. She builds this like massive castle. That's what I feel like with my mind. I'm like, all of us have this mind. It's like this superpower. I can go and I can design things in my mind. And I, I remember um, I was boxing uh, a friend of mine, uh, Marley Jacks, um, a good friend of mine. I, I love Marley, right? Um, she, I, I was telling her one time, that sometimes I literally just lay in bed at night and I just go inside my mind and I just build things. And I just like build things with my mind because my mind just won't shut off. Because I was thinking I was my mind, right? I'm a, I was addicted to using my mind. So right out of the gate, he basically goes and sets this premise that you are not your mind, you are separate from your mind and that your mind is um, a tool that can that can either be good or bad, okay? Um, before I go into what I liked about the book, I think it would be, I think it's good to like basically explain what I don't like, okay? Actually, let, let, let me finish this, this thought about your, not your mind, okay? That's how he opens the book, is he sets this premise that says there's you, then there's your mind, and there's everything else. You're separate from that. You can control your mind, but most of your problems and this, I'm not saying that I necessarily believe this. I'm saying that this is what he says, that most all of your problems come because of the way that you interpret it with your mind. And if because your mind, and, and there's so many examples I could use, but I don't want to go too deep here. You have to read the book. But because your mind is filled with stories and circumstances and everything's from the time that you were born, that's, gonna, uh, that's what's going to determine how you think and because of that, you're, you are going to inflict pain upon yourself because your mind constantly wants to go into the future or constantly wants to go into the past rather than just being present in the present moment right now. And when you are dwelling in the past or living in the future, that's what inflicts suffering. That's what, inflicts, and there's a lot of negative that goes with that. It's not that we can never do those things. It's not that we can't learn from the past or you know, be excited about the future because we absolutely can, but, but living there or dwelling, living in the future or dwelling on the past is a negative thing, right? So that's how he starts the book. And then the rest of the book is basically practical explanations and exercises around how to be present and how being present really affects everything around you. 
So the book is actually written, this is one thing I didn't mention at the beginning and I think it's important to, to note. The book is written in such a way where it's not like a traditional book. He basically opens up with this context of you are not your mind and then the rest of the book is basically Q&A. It'll go and someone, it's two different voices in the audio book, but someone asks a question like, and then he answers the question. And some of them are short answers, some of them are long answers, but it's basically every question that he's ever been asked throughout the years that he's been teaching this. And he answers those in this book. It's a very fascinating way to write a book. And, and I actually really like it. I'll probably write a book like this one day. I, and I, it's, a, it's a great way to do that. So here are the rest of the chapters. Let me just read you, uh, you these chapters, okay? So the first chapter is you are not your mind. Second chapter is consciousness, the way out of pain. Third chapter is moving deeply into the now. The fourth chapter is mind strategies for avoiding the now. Chapter five, the state of presence. Chapter six, the inner body. Chapter seven, portals into the unmanifested. Chapter eight, entitled, or I'm sorry, enlightened relationships. Chapter nine, beyond happiness and unhappiness, there is peace. Very interesting uh, episode there. And then chapter 10, the meaning of surrender. And so throughout the book, he goes in and he explains how each one of those things fit into being and presence and the power of living right now in the present moment. Okay. Where do I disagree with him? And now that you kind of understand the premise of the book, I want to kind of go into the issues, like what I didn't like about it and what I did like about it. As I said, I am not, like, I don't look, I'm not looking to this book for truth. I am not looking to this book to give me the answers to life. I was looking at this book from a perspective of how do I learn more about my surroundings? In the book, he states and explains and educates a lot of things. But at the end of explaining each one of those things, he basically ties, he gives the reason why, kind of. And so he'll say things, and this is where I really started to disagree with him because I would love it when he would give the practical application of how the things worked and how our bodies would react and how we will react and like what that does and how we you know grab our power. And like from all of a tactical reasoning, I really liked the book. But then he would start to say things like, we are God. And how basically all of us are all connected. We are all one big source, right? All together. And all of us are God inside of us. And that we can all tap in to our inner being. And by tapping into our inner being, like, you know, imagine like a monk or something like that. Like just like by tapping into that, that is like us accessing God because we are God, because we are all one. Now, as a Christian, I strongly disagree with that, right? We are, not, we are not God, and I believe that. And so where I started to have problems with, and this is why a lot of Christians have problems with the book, but I still encourage everybody to go read it. Don't be closed-minded, by the way, Christians. Like, if you believe the Bible, here's the thing that I don't get about Christians. Side note, side rant here, you'll like it. I hope, or at least I hope you like it. I hope you don't mind my side rants. One of the problems I have with Christians is that Christians are like, the Bible is the way, the truth, and life. We only read the Bible. The Bible is everything. And I'm like, I agree. I 100% agree with you. You shouldn't need to read anything else. And I'm like, okay. It's like they're afraid to read any other book or explore any other options. Not all Christians. I mean, obviously not all Christians are that way. But it's like, how dare you? I mean, I got a lot of comments on Facebook. Oh, so you're getting into that mystical new age crap. I'm like, or I'm just trying to study and understand a different perspective. 
right? Or when I was studying Mormonism, I got a lot of people that yell at me for that. Uh, when I was studying, you know, like, you know, when I, this was a couple years ago when I was reading, you know, books about like Buddhism and like stuff. It's like, uh, you can't possibly be into that. And I'm like, I'm trying to understand a better perspective. And here's the deal. If the Bible is flawless, if the Bible truly is what you Christian, uh, what, what us as Christians believe it is, then um, nothing that we should reach should bother us because we could always bring it back to the truth of the Bible. So I don't understand why Christians are so closed-minded sometimes because a lot of Christians are very, very close-minded. I try to be very open-minded with this. But like, so he started tying these reasons to like basically say there is no good or bad. There only is. There, we are God and we can access that. And what I felt like he was saying, and I don't, I don't, he never came out and said this directly, but it really felt like he was saying that the purpose of us humans here on earth, like literally why we were put here was to tap into this inner consciousness of us being God basically and live and dwell there. And I, I have a problem with that because I don't, while I believe that we can definitely access those things, and I do believe that you can hire, uh, like access, I don't know if it's a higher, and I, I'm not really qualified to say about like the higher level of consciousness or what it is. I do believe we can access some form of higher knowledge and a, a, a peace that passes all understanding like it talks about in the Bible. I do believe that by being present, by being now, that you very much can tap into that. And I believe you should. But I do not believe and this is strictly what I believe. You, you could believe differently than this. This is just me and what I didn't like about it, right? I do not believe that our purpose here on earth is just to sit there and tap into that and, and try to access and be God. I believe that God created us and that that being, that, that golden blob that I was talking about outside of the mind, that, that lives on for eternity. That's what we call it our soul, call it whatever it is that you want. That knowing, that power, like that was pure before life, that was, it goes on after life, that's, that's what goes on into heaven or where, whatever you believe comes after life, right? And so that golden blob, as we're gonna call it, which is us, our being, was put into a human physical body here on earth. We were given a mind as a tool and we were put on this earth for a very specific purpose. And we were given talents and we were given responsibilities by God to go out and to actually do something with that. And I believe that our purpose on earth, this is me as a Christian, is to bring glory and honor to God. Now, if you do not believe in the God of the Bible, if you do not believe in God, then then I can see how if you were under this belief that we are somehow God and that we're all connected and we are all God and we can tap into God, I could see how maybe you would think that it's our purpose to, here to just to sit there and just like be all Zen-like and like go into the mountains and smoke some weed and just be a monk for the rest of your life. And by the way, I don't think there's any problem with that inherently, but I, I don't think that's why we were put here. I believe that we were put here to to be to to bring glory and honor to God, to be responsible with what we've been given, to go do work. I believe that work is a good thing, right? And so I had a problem with a lot of what, or I don't even say, having a problem is not the right word. It's like, I disagreed with. I appreciated the perspective and I'm glad that I now better understand what that, this belief, it like believes, but I, I fundamentally disagree with how he tied that, to the practical, or how he tied the practical application in the book to that belief system. Now, I could totally be wrong on this, and I'm very open to that. This is, but going back to how I said, I come at everything with this perspective and this understanding of like, okay, what does the Bible say? 
for me. Bible says I am a sinner, that Christ came to save me. If I, I have free choice in this world, I absolutely believe in free choice. Anybody that believes in predestination, I, I do not believe in that whatsoever. I believe that, that we are a fallen kind that's in need of a savior. Jesus came down, died on the cross, saved me from my sins, and I have a choice to choose him or reject him. And I believe that hell is not some fiery burning pit, but rather just separation from God. I don't know what that looks like, right? So we can choose to either accept or reject. And if we accept God and we accept that there is a creator, we accept that there is this intelligent being. And I don't think it's like God is up there in the clouds with a white beard, right? But like we accept this all knowing source that is intelligent, that created us, that he has a master plan for our life and that he put us here for a very specific reason in the short 80 or 90 year, uh, years we are here on earth, and then we move on to the afterlife or move on to whatever's next, right? And so I, I, I think the fundamental worldview of, call it, what does he say, spiritual enlightenment, that's where I'm gonna differ in a lot of this book, okay? Does that make sense? You guys with me on that? Comment down below. I'd love to know your thoughts on this, by the way. Uh, for those of you listening on audio, feel free to shoot me a message on DM, uh, on Instagram, at Josh40, that's J-O-S-H-F as in Frank, O-R-T-I, Josh40, first name, last name. Uh, I'm very responsive on my Instagram feed uh, in the, both the comments and in the DM, so shoot me a message on there. And if you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, whatever, leave something down in the comments. I read all your guys' comments. I'd love to know, okay? So that's what I, that's what I didn't like about the book. I didn't like, and once again, like, Saying like I didn't like it means I don't think it was bad. I think it was an interesting perspective. It's where I it's where I disagreed with the book. What I loved about the book and where I think it has massive power and massive influence and massive uh, gems that people can learn from and really transform your life is the practical application and explanation of how our bodies and how our minds and how we as being entities work and function. And I do believe that we can escape a lot of pain and a lot of um, unhappiness and a lot and achieve a lot of peace and understand our bodies better by reading this book. And I do believe that there are a lot of biblical principles in this book. In fact, it's interesting. Um, he references the Bible a lot. He references the Buddha. He re pretty much the two the two main ones that he references were the Bible and Buddha and the Buddha, right? Um, and while I a lot, a lot of what he did teach, and this is actually let, let me go back to one of the things I don't like about this, or not didn't like, but the things I noticed is that some of the times that he quoted the Bible, he took them out of context, and that's not really what the Bible was saying. I've I've studied the Bible a fair amount. Um, my mom has studied the Bible more than almost anybody I know, any living person I know, probably certainly anybody that I'm close to. I mean, she, all, that's all she does. Uh, and I, I have had tremendous philosophical conversations, uh, with my mom, uh, and like heated debates and heated out of love, of course, but like for hours and hours and hours and hours worth of, you know, of time, you know, questioning the Bible and really pushing back in a lot of ways. So I have a pretty good understanding of that. And I listen to, uh, I'm a huge fan of Ravi Zacharias who, who passed away recently. Um, back in 2020, he passed away, but uh, he, he's one of the, the greatest um, Christian uh, apologists and scholars to really understand the Bible and like what it's saying, right? So I have a pretty good understanding of that. And, and I believe that Eckhart in this book misquotes the Bible for what it was meaning sometimes. And the reference is, that uh, one of them, he was saying like, the lion will lay down with the lamb. And it was like, how he used it was not what the Bible was saying. That's not, and, and so while I do believe that there is a lot of fundamental principles in here and that 
he quotes the Bible a lot of times. I don't think he always accurately represents that. But let's get back to what I like about this. By reading this book, what it did is it made me re it made me re-examine the world around me by first re-examining how I respond to situations. So like one of the things that he he talks about in here is how like um our brains have habits and once again, this is like, if you study, if you read the book, uh, The Power of Habit, I think I have it on my bookshelf. I'm not going to go over and get it. Where is it? Right there. Yeah. So like The Power of Habit, um, if you read uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, if you start to study how the, the the mind works and the subconscious mind works and you start to understand like how, how stories from our past both are projected into our future and control our present if we let them. Right. And so one of the things that he explains in the book is how our mind has these habits, has these patterns that we fall into and how we subconsciously will literally pull ourselves out of the present moment almost all the time. And when I started to realize that I do have power in the present moment and I have power, the only time I do not have any power in the future and I have no power in the past because they, they don't exist. And they don't exist in the sense of, like I said back at the beginning, it's not that the past didn't happen. It just means that when the past did happen, it happened in the present moment. So any change that happened in the past happened in the present moment. And any change that will happen in the future will only happen in the present moment. And when he explained it that way, I'm like, oh, okay. So if I have all of my power right here and my mind is constantly being triggered to pull me out of the present moment because of its habits, because that's what our mind wants to do, because it, 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 the stories that we tell ourselves, our mind loves to know what's going on. It likes normal. It likes um, what it is, uh, what, what's the word that he used? It likes what it is comfortable with and it likes routine. And so that's like why, you know, somebody in an abusive relationship continues to go back to an abusive relationship. You know, with their first relationship was abusive and their second relationship was abusive and their third relationship was abusive. And you're like, why don't you just leave? But it's because their brain is literally telling them that, that's normal and that, that, that there's comfort in that feeling of the, like the unknown is scary, the known is not. And so our brain tells ourselves these stories from the past and says, this is normal. And so when you are in the present moment and something happens, your brain immediately wants to either pull you into the past or put you into the future. And it takes away all your power. And when, when you remove yourself from the power because you're out of the present moment now, it will, it, and it pulls you one way or the other, now that creates stress and it creates anxiety because you have no power and you um, can't make any changes there, but rather you stress about it while the present moment is happening and you're not utilizing the present moment to make a change. Now, you guys, you know, you, you've heard me talk a lot about the fact that like, I believe that entrepreneurs are the people that go into the future, create a new reality and will it into existence, right? Alex Sharfin talks about this. I'm not, there's a difference. I'm not saying that it's bad to imagine a future reality I'm not saying it's bad to take dedicated time to go into the future and see what that's going to look like and then come back and, and build it. But even that can be done in the present moment because your present moment, you're, you're consciously making a choice that right now I'm going to go into a future reality and, and imagine things. But that is a conscious decision in the present moment to do that. What our brain does is subconsciously, and we know if you've listened to my podcast at all, you know that our brain, our subconscious mind controls 90% of everything that we do. 
So we're doing it without realizing it. Our subconscious mind puts us into the future to live there and we don't even realize it's happening or puts us into the past to live there and it's not even happening. And so one of the things that I love about what this book does is it explains in a very practical way how to recognize that, how to be present in the moment and how to recognize things when they're happening. And one of the things I told Katie was, I feel like right now I'm in the middle of two operating systems. Now I've been working on presence and being in stillness and things like that for, you know, six, eight, nine months now because I've been working with Katie and she's all about this. But I feel like I'm starting to recognize now how to, to take every thought captive and to really understand what's going on in the moment rather than 20 minutes going by or an hour going by or a day or a week or a year going by and being like, oh my gosh, the whole last six months of my life I spent living in the future, stressing out about things or dwelling on the past, living on regrets when I could have been in the present moment. And so I'm learning how to capture it. And so because of that, it's like I'm, I'm in the process of pulling off an old operating system or pulling out an old operating system and putting a new operating system in. And this book helps explain that process and start helps you give practical, tactical application of how your mind works from a third party perspective. Because if you could think of yourself as like, have you ever seen the movie Inside Out? And you know how like in Inside is a little Disney movie, right? And there's joy and sadness and anger and um, disgust. Is that the four? Joy, sadness, anger, disgust. I think oh, there's one more I thought. I don't know. But there's a, the little people inside of, I forget the girls, Riley's head, right? And they're like controlling it. Imagine there's you and then you are in control of your mind. And so it's, it helps to break that out and it helps to show not so much, like it does talk a lot about how the mind works, but rather the relationship between you and your mind and how our mind really, really controls a lot of what we do without even realizing it. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. So I would I highly recommend going to read the book. Um, one of the other things, and I'm just kind of going through them here, that I, I don't, that I'm wrestling with, I don't know if I'd like it or don't like it yet, is I kind of feel, and this might just be my own personal opinion and bias about this. I was talking with Leah, um, my fiance about this, and she's like, Josh, I think maybe, maybe this is something that's just in your head because you're wrestling with it. So maybe you don't feel this when you read the book, but sometimes I feel like he, he makes our mind the enemy because he talks about like the eagle brain and like how our mind is the thing that forms right and wrong and how there's not really right and wrong. And so he basically is like, the mind is the thing that creates pain. And like, I understand what he's saying, but I kind of feel like he makes it out to be the enemy a little bit sometimes. I do not believe that our mind is the enemy. I think our mind can be our enemy. And I think that we have to be careful with our mind and we have to really um, be aware of how our mind works. But I believe our mind is a, a literal superpower tool that we've been given. And if we can master that, then we can go do phenomenal and crazy, amazing things. So um, I would say that's probably my review of the book. I, I would love to go further in and deeper. I mean, I could talk for like hours about going into this, but um, I wanted to do a rather, I say shorter, it's, we've been on here for what, like 40 minutes, but like a, a shorter breakdown of this um, so that people could, you know, going through, cause I think, let's see, I listen to everything at like 2X speed and um, let's see how, how long it is on Audible. But most people can't, like my brain works really, really fast like that. Uh, the power of now, let's see how long it is. Yeah, so... At 1x speed, it is a, a seven and a half hour long book. 
And so I wanted to kind of film this or do this podcast episode, record this so that, you know, you could listen to kind of a recap summary of it and have a perspective going in and make a decision whether or not you want to check it out. Um, but we'll link it down below. You can go check it out. Um, power now, I think it's like 16, 17 bucks hands like definitely worth the read when you're ready for it. Not everybody's ready for it. Um, you definitely have to like, you have to enter this book open-minded. You have to. If you enter this book closed-minded, it's going to be the worst read of your life and you're going to think it's just a bunch of woo-woo, fluffy BS that makes absolutely no sense. So I would highly recommend going in it with an open mind, knowing that you don't have to agree with everything in the book to really get value and understanding out about how powerful it is. And um, I think it can really, really change your life and uh, at least your perspective. So um, certainly goes into like one of my top 10 um, like mindset books. I'm sure I'll be reading it again, going on to some of his other books uh, in here as well. But um, I think, and I'm gonna end with this. I think one of the biggest takeaways outside of the whole, you are not your mind. Like that was mind blowing to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, my whole identity is shattered again. Not quite whole identity, but like my whole perspective on life is shattered. Oh my gosh, I'm separate from my mind. That was the biggest takeaway, of course. But outside of that, understanding the power of now, understanding the power of presence, understanding the power that's with inside us. I told my coach Katie, I said, I think one of my biggest takeaways from this was that, um, you don't, there's a lot of context when I told this to Katie, so I'm trying to see what I have to say here. I think a lot of times, like I like to be smart. I love being smart. I consider myself a smart person. I like being smart. I like being seen as smart. Um, and I think a lot of us are that way. And when you're smart, you learn things for the sake of learning. And, and just because you can, there's no real reason. And I love learning. And so I just learn for the sake of learning. And Part of, I think, the thing that drives me is because I'm like, I always want to be prepared. I all, like, what if I, like, man, if I could have spent more time learning, I could be, you know, make more money or, or be more successful or I, I could manage better, I could lead better, I could do whatever. And I, I always uh, um, attributed growth or success to learning. And if I could learn more, if I could study more, if I could just be smarter, that that's going to get me the answers that I need. And I think one of the things that this book made me realize was that smart you do not have to be smart to get where you want to go in life. You don't have to be smart to, you don't have to have all the answers because whenever you are facing a problem, whenever you are facing a, a, a tribulation, whenever something comes up that you don't have the answer to, by being present, by stepping into the power of now, and by really accessing that inner being inside of you, it will lead you to the answers. And I believe that that's because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that that's because we are God. I, or maybe, maybe not even the Holy Spirit. I believe that that's how we are created, that God gives us that you know, infinite ability. But I feel so much more confident now going into anything. Like I was already pretty confident before. But now, like if I were to go into something that I have no understanding of or no knowledge of or like, you know, some tribulation that just seems overwhelming, I know that if I focus on being present, that the answers will come to me. And what I, I, what I don't mean, I know this sounds woo-woo and fluffy, I don't mean that I'm just gonna sit there and be like, mm, now I know everything, yeah. No, what I mean is that when I sit back and I be present and I be still, that I will be guided to where I need to be guided to and that I will have realizations and clarity around what I need to do to find the answers. So that, you know, if there's a marketing issue that comes up or a sales issue that comes up or a leadership issue that comes up, I'm probably not gonna be like, 
yes, I now know the formula of how to create perfect webinars, yes. Or like, no, it's okay, breathe. Okay, now I understand where it is that I need to go in order to find that answer. I have clarity around where my problem really is. And I can go and find the correct answers to do that in a much more accelerated time than I could before. I don't need to be smart in order to be successful. I need to be present in order to be successful. I need to be in stepping into the power of now. So anyway, that is my review of the book. Uh, I would love to know your guys' thoughts on it, if this was helpful or not. Comment down below, just comment helpful if it was, comment not helpful. I would, I would love your feedback. Scale from one to 10, how helpful it was it. So feel free to drop that below as well. If you are not listening on YouTube or Facebook, make sure to leave a comment or shoot me a DM on Instagram or leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you are listening. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear back from you. Appreciate you guys. If you have not yet subscribed on iTunes or Spotify, we're making a big push. Uh, we'd really appreciate it uh, for uh, you know a rating, a review on there. It helps boost the podcast, get more listeners. Uh, we are continuing to grow and it's super, super exciting. So I just appreciate each and every one of you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want more book reviews, comment down below. Let me know what book do you want me to review uh, either that I've read or that I have not read. Maybe I can put it on my reading list. I'm really, really getting into reading this year. Um, I, I wanted to set a goal for myself that said I was going to read one book a week. Not going to happen. Um, I am on track for that though. I'm almost done with my second book for the year. And we're um, at the time of recording this, we're wrapping up the second week of the year. Um, but uh, I think a reasonable goal will be uh, 20, 26 books uh, or 25 books, but you know, one every two weeks, two a month uh, would be 24 books, but you know, we go by the week. So uh, 25 books, I took the average of that. If I can read 25 books for the year, that's kind of uh, my goal. So this is the first one uh, on the second one now, and I'll be uh, updating you guys in the process of that. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, hustle, hustle, God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all. And I will see you on the next episode. Don't forget, we got some cool stuff coming. February is going to be a different month. I can't explain why, and it's going to be weird at first, but you guys are just going to have to deal with it. And then March, everything will make a whole lot more sense. Guys, I love you all. And I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. <laughs>